morning, the Bishop of Oxford formally confirmed the match. Now, if you were hoping that this story would turn into a Disney-style fairy tale, whereby the foreign teenage bride arrives in a new country and immediately falls in love and everything is wonderful, well, you would be wrong. For a start, her new husband was no handsome Prince Charming. First, as I've always said, he was a quarter century older than her, but he was also poxmarked, had a stutter, and a kind of annoying nervous tick that made him speak so quickly and slurredly that it was hard to understand him when he became excited or agitated. But, to be fair, he was also a brave and extremely loyal man. Both, I would argue, to a fault, which made the pill a little easier to swallow for Mary. She wrote the following back to the mother superior of the convent that she had wished to enter in Modena. Quote, I am in very good health, dear mother, thank God, but I cannot yet accustom myself to this state of life, to which, as you know, I have always been averse. Therefore I cry a great deal and am much afflicted, not being able to rid myself of melancholy. However, God be praised, this is my cross. When you're comparing your life to being like Jesus dying on the cross, then you know things aren't going, you know, well. But she does go on to say, quote, The Duke is a very good man, and wishes me well, and would do anything to prove it to me. He is so firm and steady in our holy religion that he would not leave for anything in this world. And in my affliction, this is my consolation. After spending three days in Dover, they set off for London, to what can only be described as a mixed reception. The bells rang in celebration and they were greeted by small yet enthusiastic crowds, but also the Pope was burned in effigy in Southwark after a big parade. She was greeted warmly though by Queen Catherine, who was delighted to have another Catholic in the family. But not everything went as smoothly to plan. When they met the King, he offered Mary's mother a seat, but several of the more anti-Catholic lords strongly objected to this, claiming that since she was not royal, it would be a severe breach in protocol. Now, that wasn't the real reason, of course. They just wanted to embarrass this foreign Catholic heretic and her daughter and new son-in-law, and they managed to do so with gusto. Furious, the Dowager Duchess of Modena left England soon after, leaving her daughter to fend for herself. Now, it's been quite a while since we have covered someone who married a duke, not a king. Here's a test for you. Can you remember who the last one was? No? Yeah? Well, obviously I can't hear you, so I'll tell you. It was Anne Neville, way back in the 15th century, who had married Richard, who was then also, coincidentally, the Duke of York. Before that, it was Eleanor of Castile, who was the first wife of Edward I, so we're really stretching back for that. So what I'm saying here is that this is quite unusual. But these times were themselves unusual. It was now widely agreed that Catherine of Braganza was not going to be producing any children. And so the succession to the thrones of Scotland, England and Ireland 